Sunsets from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. This morning we have a topic called Strengthened, and I believe it's such a critical topic and I'm really glad I can teach it. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 to 10. Father, I thank you because your words are keys and keys that open doors. Let every reading of your word open the doors that have been shut to your people. In Jesus' name. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10, 9 to 10 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This scripture does not sound like today's church. It sounds as though this apostle belongs to a completely different sect, not Christianity. Because according to the Bible, he says that I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions and difficulties. Isn't it funny how almost every prayer point these days is based on the opposite of this? You will not know hardship you will not know struggle. Persecution will not come your way. Difficulty is not your portion. But does the Bible not say that the boast that we have is that when we go through these things, that the strength of God is revealed to us? The reason why we have a lot of Christians that are easily paralyzed by the attack of hell is because we have taught a gospel of Christianity that is anti-suffering. But embedded in the gospel of Jesus is the suffering of the saints. I know this is not what you want to hear this morning, but it's the reality of what we have given our lives to. It says, this is what I boast in. I don't boast in the amount of cars I have. I don't boast in the amount of houses I have. I don't boast in the new job I got where they pay me thousands of dollars. He says, I boast in the days when I was broken and on the floor wailing and wondering where will my help come from. I boast in the days when I got to the end of myself and I could not tell. Woman oh God, please. Thank you so much. And I could not tell where the next deliverance will come from. He says, this is the boast of a believer. My question to you is, do you have something to boast about? When the heavens are speaking about the great and mighty ones who stood for God, the ones who are to be honored in the heavens of heavens, is your name mentioned? Do you have something to boast about? I'm not talking about the fact that somebody called you an idiot. And so you say, oh, the persecution, I'm going to PI. How can you say that to Paul when you get to heaven? Or will you say that to Matthew? How will you explain it to the people who were beheaded for the sake of Christ? How are you going to explain it to those who gave their everything just to propagate the gospel? What have you borne in your body? 
for the sake of Christ. This is the distinguishing factor between saints. I have been a pastor for over 20 years and I have seen how easily people run at the slightest push from God. They just break and crumble. But the scripture says that when we arrive at the point of suffering, we realize that there is another reservation or reserve of strength on the inside of us. He says, for in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. So that means there is a perfecting of the strength of God within a man. And the perfecting of God's strength happens to us seasonally. And it happens to us at the times when we reach total brokenness. It says, this is my boast. So to be strengthened refers to the process or the state of becoming stronger, more resilient, or more capable. Becoming stronger, more resilient, or more capable. When you hear us preaching sermons like this, you think that, oh, you know, this person, ah, must be walking in power constantly. But that's not the truth. I remember, was it two days ago, I sent Pastor Uche a message. I said, Uche, I just feel like giving it all up. I am tired. I don't think I can go on anymore. And then she started listing 10 points why I must go on. That's why you need intelligent, believing friends that can give you PowerPoints concerning your destiny. You understand? She said, Pia, here are the 10 reasons why we need you. I said, shoot, ma. There are times when you come to a point of weakness. But you know how that Yoba proverb, Abi, I don't know what they say, but they say, even when I did cry, my eye clear. Yeah, you must be like that. Even in the days of trouble and pain, you must have a clear vision concerning what is being birthed in you. I am too important to heaven for the trials of my life to be irrelevant. You are too important to God for your struggles, even the ones that you cost yourself to not have an effect in time and eternity. The reason why many of us stay in weakness is because we don't see the purpose of our pain. But the thing is that you have to consistently grow in strength, grow in resilience, grow in mental, emotional, and spiritual capacity. And you know, there's this thing in this generation where everything makes people break. Please, can I go there? Don't be angry, Generation Q. You see, any little thing, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's affecting my mental health. <laughs> it's like this, the brain in our head is not the same one our grandfathers had. It's not the same that our mothers had. Everything is mental health. People of God, Kimasike, do you realize that the power to life and death is in the tongue Satan does not possess any capacity to birth anything in this world the only way that Satan can produce life is that he will partner with humanity so Satan is consistently using the words that you speak to open gates in your life and when a generation can embrace an ideology it becomes a gate that is opened over a generation.
And so we must be careful about the culture that is propagated, even by saints and as believers. Don't get me wrong. I know say people day when they legit the grace. That's not what I'm saying. I know that there are people that are demonized. But I'm trying to say to you that is not demonized, that you cannot associate yourself with the doctrines of demons. Because ask yourself, where did this doctrine come from? Is it scripture based? Is it kingdom based? Is it God based? I am not saying we will not go through trials. But my question is, does the weak now say I am weak? Does the weak no longer say I am strong? Does the poor no longer say I am rich? Is this not what the Bible teaches us to say? The world is constantly in opposition to us. It is a given. The gospel does not guarantee that you will live an oppositionless life. But there is a power that you have. It is your ability to redefine the circumstances of your life. The Bible says concerning Adam that he was such a powerful being. That whatsoever he called a thing was what it became. He was the one that gave life, nature and configuration to the animal kingdom. When he looked at a matter and defined it by his word, it became that thing. My question to you is, are you living under the definition of hell or are you redefining the manipulations of darkness? What do you do with your words? To be strengthened means that daily you embrace a culture of rebuilding the strength of your mind, the strength of your spirit, the strength of your soul. You know, someone asked me once, P.I., what if you were on your way to do a crusade or this or these meetings and you heard that something terrible has happened to your family? What would you do? I say something terrible as in. Well, you know, I say, calm down. You are trying to ask me, what if I hear him, I begin die? Or my husband die, what will I do? But I say, ah, Pierre, we never said that. I say, it's okay, let me help you. I said, what I will do is the last instruction that God gave to me. I will obey the last command. If he said to me, you are going there to raise the dead, I will go and raise the dead. If he said to me, you are going there to heal the sick, I will go and heal the sick. Because you need to get it. I am one woman, but I am multiple systems. A person is not just a person. A person is an interconnected web of angelic hosts and departments in heaven. That's why when the Bible began to speak of people like Noah, people like Moses, these guys marked dispensations in time. So even though Abraham be one man, yet in the faith, in the work, and in the decisions of Abraham, the destinies of generations were set. <laughs> the reason why in Gehai, why you make the kind of decisions that consistently weaken you is because you think you are just one yellow girl standing on the earth. You do not realize that your entire body, your entire system, your entire name is a manifested prophecy. Standing on this earth, you are God's written word to a generation. Every move you make imparts the generations of the heavens. Every decision you take determines whether the Lord will come quickly or he holds back the arrival of our king. To be strengthened 
means that daily you give yourself to the truth of the word. Daily you give yourself to the revelation of the power of who Christ is. Not just that, but who Christ is in you. I was speaking with T.Y. yesterday and I was telling T.Y., I'm so proud of you. This is your album. And I said, you know, I've been playing this song. As I was preparing for this message, I kept playing that song. Ah, uh, that's my name, that's my name, always my name, that's my name. I am loved, I am loved by God. And I kept playing it over and over again. And I kept singing it and shouting it. I am loved by God, I am loved by God, that's my name. And so I tell the mountains to fall down and crumble. And they do, why? Because I am loved by God. And I said, see why, very simple lyrics. No ninth dimensions of the seven spherical powers of the heavens. Nothing. Very simple. I am loved by God. That's my name. Because of that, I tell the mountains to crumble and they do. I said, as simple as those words are. I said, see why I realized that the foundation of every power that we walk in in Christianity is based on the knowledge that we are loved by the Father. Not just the fact that, the, that we love God, but that God loves us. Do you know that Jesus loves you? No, no, no. Do you actually know that you are special to God? You are loved by God. He counts you to be his holy and righteous thing in heaven. When they tell God, bring out your best of your best he doesn't bring out Pluto he doesn't bring out Venus he doesn't bring out the sun and the moon we study them as powerful entities in the heavens he doesn't bring out the universes he brings you out when they ask the Lord what is the most precious thing that you have he brings out humanity don't let no devil tell you that you are not loved by God. You are special to the eternal king of glory. And I said to her, the moment a person realizes that they are loved by God, it opens the floodgates and you are then able to receive every other blessing that heaven has. Joy, peace, power, grace, authority, soundness of mind. So the foundation of being strengthened is the knowledge of the love of the Father. You need to know it. You have to embrace it. It's not because you don't fail or you don't make mistakes. His love is standard. Irrespective of the mistakes that you make. That's why even when you make mistakes, you can run back to the standard of his love. It is unmovable, unshakable, and it is independent and irrespective of the weaknesses of men. His name is a strong tower. That's why the righteous can consistently run into it and they are saved. The love of the Father is the foundation of the strength of any man. It sounds like a simple thing. But you see, because love has been eroded from our generation, it is hard for us to understand what it means for God to love us. In this generation, you do anyhow, you see anyhow. People know they take nonsense again. Everybody's all about themselves. Self-preservation, self-glorification. 
everything it's a self-generation and the Bible says in the last days men shall love what? themselves it's a sign of the end of time marriages don't last anymore because you do me anyhow I will show you self self-love self-truth where does Jesus come in? If you violate the laws of God, the laws of this world will violate you. Because in the heavens it's all about spiritual order. This is why people are constantly weak. There are different things that God strengthens us for. Because it's easy to hear the sermon and think, oh, you know, yes, I'm strengthened. I'm strengthened to make money. I'm strengthened to grow. I will not be weak. Melea <laughs> Kaba. I wish it was that easy. There's a scripture in the Bible where Jesus came to his servants. The Bible says he gave them talents. And when he came to each one of them, he requested of them. My brother, it's good to see you. Long time. He requested of each one of them what he had given to them. And he said, where is my return on investment? You see, <laughs> the reason why we take our time with destiny is because we feel that we will not be accountable at the end of time. A day will come. It will surely arrive. When you watch, I don't know how many of you love watching movies from the 1840s. I see something, I love them. Plus medieval movies, anything history, I love. I love it. Do you know when I look at them and when you're watching those movies, it's so real. You get drowned in the story. And it's almost like you can feel the emotions of the people. And you're like, my goodness, Keaba. People of God, how many of them are alive today? They are all dead. All dead. Death is a reality that will come to us all. I have never seen a man that lived and never died. Well, except people like uh, Brother Enoch and Moses. And for us that will be raptured, Elijah and uh, it says we shall not all sleep. So there are some of us that we see rapture. Apart from these guys, everybody died. It's a reality. The only problem, my sister, I say we don't know where we go die. One of my uncles just died three days ago. If they asked me who in that family will die first, it's not him. I asked my mother, what happened? She said, ah, he just slumped and died. And that's what's happening everywhere. Because the Bible also said in the last days, the hearts of men shall fail them. Heart attack will be the sign of end times. People's hearts will be failing anyhow. So when you realize that you will account for every strength that is allocated to you by God, you will change the way you operate. Samson forgot this and it led to his death. He just thought his strength was for him to be going around, you know, doing as he liked, picking up, you know, fine chicks. They're like, oh my God, something, your muscles are there. Yeah, that's, that's how I am. <laughs> Sister Esther almost forgot why she was strengthened to be queen. So when Mordecai came to her and said, a generation needs you, she's like, oh, please, you know. Mordecai said to her, don't deceive yourself. If you feel that because you are now in the palace, that you will escape the wrath that is coming, you are being fooled by Satan. What is coming is coming for us all. So you must rise up now to do what the Lord will have you do. In the same way, when COVID came, who escaped it? 
It was in the air. So it came for everyone. Quickly we realized that some things are not about power and wealth. Some things are not about career ambition. Some things are not about traveling here and there. Vacation. Who wanted to go on vacation? Everybody embraced their homes. What is coming, which is death, will come for everybody. A day of judgment will arrive for all of us. My question is, are you certain you can account for the strengths that you have? I say to people that I am teaching in ministry, I say, listen, when they tell many people now in this generation, you know, I see the hand of the Lord upon your life and the Spirit of God says, he's called you to be a pastor, he's called you to be his prophet, he's ever, people are like, oh God, I beg of this, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know this ministry thing, I mean, I'm not a pastor. Existing a cause I just look at people, I shake my head. If only you understood the power of ordination. I said to them, the Bible says, for this reason it was written, that he that descended was also he that ascended into the heavens, that he may feel all things. Listen, it says for the reason of your office and your ordination, the Bible had to make it clear, the parts of Jesus' victory, so that you will understand that in the day the Lord says to you, you are my evangelist, that what you have is not a calling that any man gave you. That what you have is an office in the spirit realm that has power in hell and has power in every heaven that exists. I said this is an intergalactic anointing that God has placed on your life. He says for this reason it was made clear that Jesus bled and was broken so that when he ascends he can release apostles to the earth. He can release evangelists and prophets. The death of Christ happened so that you can have this office. How dare you despise his blood? How dare you? I said to them, I said, you don't get it. When you hear evangelists, you think of all those people that are trekking street and saying, Jesus is coming soon. Give your life to God. I said, that's not what it means only. In their time, that was the manifestation. And if God wills, they preach it like that. I said, but what you have is an entire spiritual portfolio that is available to you and available to your generations. Hear me? You are strengthened for a purpose. One of the reasons why men are strengthened is that men are strengthened to bless. <laughs> you know, yesterday, as I was praying for my son, I said to Nathan, I said, Nathan, lean kneel down, let me bless you. I put my hand on his head and I said, Nathan, do you know what it means to be the son of a person? He said, yeah, I'm your son. And Judah is your son. I said, mm -mm. there is something else. I says, the person that is your father and your mother determines the blessing that you carry. I said, history is transferred through bloodline. Sacrifices are transferred through the blood. Covenants are transferred through the blood. Everything that I have is yours through the blood. I said, Nathan, you are my son. You are the son of Bobby Adolphus Ikeneba. 
I say, I need you to understand what you carry. Anywhere you go in this world, no demon can touch you. Because the faith that was seen in your mother now dwells in you. The faith that was at work in your father now lives in you. The testimony of my life is your testimony. You shall be like a river that is unstoppable, not because you have done anything to deserve it, but because I have done everything that I can. Nathan, Melokubashi, Sadekapai. You are strengthened to bless. Because a blessing is not just words. A blessing is a holy provocation that breaks open the gates of a man's life and forces him into another realm of existence. Jacob could not understand what happened to him. He went to Laban's house and everything he did there prospered. The day that Laban changed the contract and told him, let us sign a new contract that Laban thought was going to be to the whatever of Jacob. Laban was shocked. How Jacob began to multiply speckled sheep. How there was a blessing that was resting on Jacob. Understand what a blessing does. A blessing goes further than your physical head. It enters into your mental faculties. It changes what you call possible. When you are blessed by God or blessed by a father or you carry a covenant, it enters into your spirit and it emboldens you to do and to believe what other people will call impossible. Jacob changed the modus operandi in Laban's house. When men labored for sheep, Jacob used spiritual technology to multiply sheep. Laban looked at him, he said, because of you, the Lord has blessed me. There's a story in Genesis 48, verse 1 to 5. Now it came to pass after these things that Joseph was told, Indeed, your father is sick, and he took with him his sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. Immediately he heard his father is sick and about to die. What did he do? He took his sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. These are people who understand spiritual things. Ah! You hear your father is about to die. You are in Lagos. Going to all kinds of dates with people that don't have future. You know, go put your head for ground. May they pour blessing for your head. You are here. You are safe for me. I don't know. Me and my dad, we just have like a horrible relationship. Auntie Melaine Baker, be delivered by the blood of Jesus. Man, when go soon die. What are you fighting? quarreling about if he had the power to save you from that pain would he not have done it if he knew the path of redemption would he not have redeemed you he's powerless to help you he's powerless it's the same way some marriages if only my husband would sometimes they don't know anything to do I don't know if you get what I'm saying they actually don't know what to do I know some people don't like me right now. But the Bible says, true knowledge shall the just be delivered. A lot of captivities you are living in is because you don't know what the truth is. As soon as he heard his father was about to die, he took Ephraim and Manasseh. 
And he said, and I'm, I'm not saying that if your father is a juju man, carry your head there. In fact, run if your hair is about to die. You understand? Before they go carry, give you the, the coven and demonic altars that are following your lineage. So understand the father I'm talking about. He says, he took with him his sons Manasseh and Ephraim and Jacob and told and was told, look, your son Joseph is coming to you. And Israel strengthened himself and sat up on his bed. Then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me in laws in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you. And I will make of you a multitude of people and give this land to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession. And now your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine as Reuben and Simeon they shall be mine we all know the story of how if you look at the 12 tribes of Israel you don't hear any tribe called the tribe of Joseph but you hear the tribes called Ephraim and Manasseh Manasseh was actually the older son Ephraim was the younger son but when Jacob was about to bless them he crossed his hand and he put his right hand on the younger one and his um, left hand on the older one and the right hand is supposed to be the hand of blessing and so he put it on the younger one and said to Joseph, Joseph was like oh no father don't do that, he said don't worry, don't worry this is the one that carries the blessing, isn't it funny how Joseph forgot that he was the younger one, he carried the blessing amongst his brothers but when the time came for his sons he wanted the older one to carry and his father was like Joseph, Joseph don't forget sometimes in the kingdom the least shall be the greatest and the greatest shall be the least. And so the Bible says, what is critical is it says when Jacob heard that Joseph was coming, he strengthened himself. Soon after this, Jacob died. Let me put it in context for you. You need to multiply yourself. You need to bless every seed God has given to you. If you are in this room and you have a child outside, you have refused to claim that child. You have refused to bless that child. Today, repent. He says, when Jacob heard, he strengthened himself. He gathered the last energy he had to do the needful. Don't wait till you die for your wife to realize you have a son things like that. Only wicked men leave disorderliness for their wives and children to clean up after they die. The Bible says the memory of a righteous man is blessed. When you die, people should bless the Lord because of you. Today, set your house in order. It may even be a woman. You have a child. Your husband does not know. Or you have children that don't belong to your husband. And you are there passing it as his. Hey, you want to go hell? Why are you playing with fire? Confess today that you may be healed. That the lives of those children may be healed. Because a man who is righteous understands the power of blessing in truth. Are we still together? Blessing truth. These things that I teach you today, if the church can get itself in order, we will be powerful. This is what weakens the body of Christ. 
but there is a strength that enables a man to do what is right to bless generations I pray that the spirit of God will release strength to bless upon you I pray that God will show you the path to take so that you can embrace again your sons every seed and every goodness that God has given to you so that you can pour upon them what they need to be empowered for the days to come in the name of Jesus and I pray that God will be merciful towards you and God will favor you so that even if you have to confess I pray that it will not destroy your life but that the favor of God will be with you to set things right to the honor of Jesus Amen Part of the reason why people are strengthened, Pastor Fred, you need to help me with time, is that people are usually strengthened to do the impossible. The Bible speaks in Luke 1, verse 30 to 35, concerning Mary. And when the angel came to her and said, Mary, you're going to give birth to a son, and he's going to be called the son of God. And Mary said to him, how can these things be? As preached this before, how you hear this response from two different people. When the angel came to Zechariah, the, the father of John the Baptist, I said to him, you're going to have a son you've been waiting for here. Zechariah said, how can these things be? And the angel shuts his mouth and said, you're going to be dumb until this child is born. But when Mary asked the same question, how can these things be? The angel replied her favorably. Because it was not about the word that they spoke. It was about the state of the heart from where the words came. And so Zechariah was saying it's mocking the Lord. <laughs> how can, it can't be now. Me, I'm old. Elizabeth is old. But Mary said, tell me how. How will I perform this? How will I do this impossible thing? And the angel said to her that the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. He says, the power of the Most High will come upon you. And then you will be fertilized. That was an impossible feat. I don't know who is sitting here. And God has given you the impossible to do. He has given you the impossible in your business. He has given you the impossible in your um, career. He has given you the impossible in your home. The impossible in relationships. The impossible in ministry. But according to the Bible, there is something that makes the impossible possible. It says that when the Holy Ghost overshadows you, power comes upon you. And then the womb of your destiny has the capacity to bring forth the things that were ordinarily impossible. And so even though you were raped consistently, the Lord gives you a ministry of healing for raped women. It is impossible to minister to people that which consistently breaks you in the form of a memory. But the Bible says if the Holy Ghost overshadows you, it becomes possible for you to bring forth fruit after the order of God, not the order of your past mistakes. You are sitting down here and you hear the Lord speak about the ministry he's giving you. And you say, P.I., ah, no, P.I., this is, you don't understand. Man, street they hurt too. It's, it's, somebody cannot see. The P.I., this Lagos, even when somebody wants to save God, before you take two steps, P.I., have you seen the girls of this generation? End time girls. P.I., it's not possible. Listen, has the Holy Ghost overshadowed you? Has the Holy Ghost ever overshadowed you? The power of the Most High can fall upon you. It will burn every kind of lust on the inside of you. It will completely overshadow you. That when you see the people as opposed to seeing possible ways to fall, rather you see souls to save. The Holy Ghost can empower you. 
The Lord says to you, you are going to change the power industry in Nigeria. You're going to be the one that will sit as the president of our nation. And you say, ah, how can these things be? Mind how you ask God. Because there is strength for the impossible. And it is found in the Holy Ghost. Another thing that you are strengthened to do is to build. In Nehemiah 2 verse 17 to 20. The Bible began to speak concerning Nehemiah. And it says, then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in. How Jerusalem lies wait and the gates are burned with fire. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God, which has been good upon me. And also of the king's words that he has spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to the good work. But when Sambalat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab, head of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said, what is this? thing you are doing will you rebel against the king so I answered them and I said to them the God of heaven himself will prosper us therefore we will we his servants will arise and build but you you will have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem hear me the Lord said to me at the beginning of this year this is the year of the great shift and the rise of my builders and I know in my spirit that this is the year that many of us are going to make the most critical transitions ever. And so part of what I did was to write a book called From Here to There, which is a book on how to make successful transitions. And the other book that I'm going to make sure I release in maybe like three months is the book of, on builders, on how to build. And the reason why I'm doing this is because I understand that every time God gives a prophetic word, the prophetic word is empowered by the learning of the people. And when the people are able to understand what that word means and what that word looks like, they are able to walk in the power of the word. And so God says that this is the year where he's going to raise another kind of builders. People who will build according to the architecture and the blueprint of heaven. People who will have the ability to keep their eyes on his throne and while their hands walk out um, the building here on earth and so you see Nehemiah was a type of builder and the Bible says that Nehemiah was to go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem but when he went to rebuild, rebuild his life rebuild his marriage, rebuild his business rebuild his children, rebuild his relationships, rebuild his ministry when he went to rebuild as the Lord had told him he could, he says there were three people who came against him and they mocked him and they said what is this you are building even if a fox were to climb up this wall it will crumble hear me you are strengthened to build strengthened to build does not only mean you receive strategy on how to build you are strengthened to resist the mockery of hell it doesn't matter how powerful what you are building is you must be mocked let me tell you something for every time that something you are doing fails, it is the way Sambalat and Tobias are mocking you. For every time that you lose big money on that deal, it is the way the Horror Knight is mocking you and saying, look at you. Which business school did you attend? How many qualifications do you have? For every time you make an, a mistake in that office that you were appointed to, it is the mockery of hell saying you that you have no experience in government. Why do you think you can make it? But you see, Nehemiah did not respond to these guys. As a matter of fact, when Nehemiah was on top of the wall, they said to him, come down. Nehemiah said to them, the work we are doing is too great. 
I cannot come down to answer you. The reason why many of us get weak is that we spend too much time replying Satan. Too much time replying the mockery of men. Focus on your focus. Build what you are building. Do not respond to them. But one critical thing they said, they said, will you rebel against the king? And I want you to note this point. They came against him with a governmental statement to say the king does not approve of what you are doing. Let me help you understand something. I know that there are many people in our generation. One of the things that God has called me into is to be a prophetic apostle. And not many times do you hear many women own their apostleship, especially in Nigeria. And so even when I came into the office of an apostle, many mocked me. They mocked me with, ah, now I said they don't make you apostle. The ones that had the audacity. They mocked me with, ah, hey, apostle. My, the posture of my spirit is keep your eye on me. It could do you like film trick. I don't hear. I don't hear. Because it's one thing to have a blueprint to follow. But it's another thing when God calls you to break ground. The oppositions are different. In 2018, in this hall, we had the Lagos Prophetic Conference. First time I invited Apostle Tommy to Nigeria. People mocked me. They said, which one is this small boy, Apostle, that you are bringing? Do you know him? Where is he coming from? Hmm. This one you want to enter now, prophetic something, prophetic something. 2018 to now, don't we have a prophetic generation that has risen? I say to you again by the Spirit of God that another apostolic generation is rising up. That which was reserved for what we called fathers has to be transferred to an active and able generation. Not because you call what they carry nothing. No. It's because according to the order of life there is a time when youth has strength to run. And they must be empowered by heaven to do the needful. Sambalat and Tobias will come to you and say, did the king say, you want to rebel against the king? This one you have entered, are you sure it's God? That is the greatest opposition you can have. When they use the order of the king against you, and they say to you, this thing is not of the Lord. But why did Nehemiah not answer them? Because what they did not know was that Nehemiah had gotten approval from the king before he dared to go to the wall. Who remember Mantle of Deborah 2017 August? Is there anybody here that was there? Pastor Niger was there. 2017. Was the first time that another apostle anointed me apostle. What did I do? As soon as I got up on my feet, I ran. I mocked it. If anybody even dare say apostle, I'll say, I best stop that thing. What kind of thing is that? Because a huge part of me was afraid. Another part of me was ashamed. And the Lord, two days ago, spoke to me about the shame of success. He said, you see, you have to deal with it. 
How did that conversation come up? It came up because the Lord showed me all the books that were 90% complete in my laptop. And he said to me, release them this year. I said, God. People already look at me and say, "Ah, don't you think you're doing too much? Don't you think like, I don't know. I just feel like you have to give yourself rest. Like you have to allow yourself. Like, Pia, do you think that sometimes maybe you are, I said, God, I'm already ashamed of my capacity. I said to say the next thing that I'm supposed to do, shame they catch me sometimes. Can you believe that? And it doesn't take anything from me. This sermon I'm preaching today is a 20-page word document. I write the way people talk. I, I write to study. So if I have to study chair, I can have a 30-page document on chair. That's the only way I can understand the scriptures. That's why I say, God, how can I? People will say, I want too much. It's what they do. And God said to me, you have to deal with the, sh- the shame of success. He said, Isi, do you realize that it is I that strengthens you to do? He says, so if you back down from showing forth all the good works I have placed within you, I am the one you are insulting. He says, remember what I said to Jeremiah? If you are afraid of the faces and the response of men, I will disgrace you in front of them. The reason why many people go through disgrace is not because Satan attacked you. It's because you mocked your capacity. You mocked your ordination. You mocked your commission. You mocked God's instruction to you. Your inability to embrace who you are and what you have called to do will be your own downfall. So they did not know Nehemiah had gotten the approval of the king. There is nothing I set my feet to do that I don't ask Jesus first. If you're going to be strengthened, remember, your strength will be opposed. Don't answer. You are building something that is too great for you to come down to the level of answering men. There was something also that happened. Gideon. Gideon had 300 men. And God had strengthened him for warfare. Let me tell you. Do you know that there was something that happened once to my, to my son? And I just said, oh. I said, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, please um, just take care of this matter. And the Lord said to me, you will not open your mouth and shout. And I said, ah, yeah, is that? He said, you will not pray. And you know, I turned my back around and I said, Yeah, Baba! Hey, Jesus! And God said to me, Satan wants to make you docile so that the affairs that pertain to life and destiny, you will not have the strength to fight for them. They come to you and tell you that you have symptoms of cancer coming. And your next step is, okay, which doctor is America? We do Elema so fast for one week first close the door take off everything wear your robe of mourning and prayer enter the closet sometimes land on the floor pray 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 till you break past your bodily realities and enter into the reality of the spirit when you get there then you will know what to say in the courts of heaven because every diagnosis is an instruction that hell is instructing your spirit to believe. So break past the diagnosis first. Then when you enter the court, 
you now know the paths to take so that you can arrive at victory so you have to be strengthened to wage war your son is already wearing high heel up and down and then when you ask him how are you he said oh maybe today i'm playing my name is shinana is shinake so kiabaha you are looking at it do you understand what I'm saying something inside of you has been weakened by culture something inside of you has been weakened by all the movies you've watched where two men are kissing something inside of you has been weakened by people coming on Instagram crying I don't know my family didn't accept me I accept you I love you but I curse that demon Masoba you are strengthened to wage war if you can't find the strength, ask God for strength. Ask Him. The Bible says it is Him that strengthens our hands to war and our fingers to fight. It is God. It is God. It is God. It is God. If not, Satan will make you docile. And you begin to create all kinds of theories to defend your weakness. You know, everybody has got a struggle. Now lie. Not be all of us they struggle like that. It's a lie of hell. I'm telling you the truth. It is God that strengthens your hand. It is God that strengthens your hand. It is God that strengthens your hand. You know, two nights ago, three nights ago, I woke my husband up in the middle of the night. I said, Bobby, let's talk. Bobby said, Isi, Isi, please don't do this thing. He said, I beg, I want, I want to sleep. Please, please, please. I said, Bobby, see, you will not sleep. I say you will wake up. He said, no. I say, Bobby, do I wake you up at night? Me, I don't do that thing that women do. They'll say when it's 3 a.m., wake him. I know, me, they sleep. You understand? I have been blessed by God with good sleep. Sound sleep. He don't get the problem. I'm not joking, no. He don't get the problem. Once I don't pray finish like this, I have natural melatonin. I go sleep. Sometimes when I wake up, Bob will say, Look, you just be sleeping. You don't even know what happened. You just be sleeping. I said, what did they do for night? Now sleep now. What kind of problem be this? Tell us, I don't have any problem. I can sleep in light. I can sleep in darkness. I can sleep if party is happening next door. I can sleep if it's happening inside my room. You understand? So all I need to do is say, I want to sleep. Just give me AC and duvet. We are fine. So that one, when they go program, wake man for night, I don't believe in it. I honestly don't. Any problem when you feel solved for night, you feel solved for morning. You know? So, I said to him, I said, Bobby, how many times have I ever woken you up at night? I said, so if I'm waking you, that means say, today, I'm ready to fight. <laughs> he said, okay, what, what do you want to say? I said, Bobby, we have to, this matter, we're going to talk about it. As I was doing it, I was proud of myself. I felt heaven saying, you go girl, fight, fight. And I said, Bobby, do you know why I'm fighting? I said, because I have a natural forgiveness. I can forgive anything. I can forget anything. And so because of that, if I don't address things, I leave them unattended because I can move on very easily. I said, but this one, the Holy Ghost has shown me that if we don't address it, it can scatter us. I said, so you will wake up my brother. And so I was so proud of myself that night. 
the way small small fight here and there you know and then my body calmed down and you know say sleep where after you don't fight you don't cry you sleep that sleep they they, they calm way way so after that I slept again very well but my point is this what sounds like a joke to you I had to be strengthened to do it because it doesn't come naturally to me it doesn't I'm that kind of woman that will just say anyway it is well because I have learnt a sufficiency in God so sometimes the Lord has to tell me Isi get out of your prayer closet I don't want you here go and fight go and fight so Gideon was in a place where God had taken all his resources taken his depleted him from 20,000 to 300 I don't know who has ever gotten there before God removes from you everything that makes you capable everything that gives you honor the confidence you had when you stepped out everything goes now you are standing alone if you've ever built church before you understand the scripture the day you start ministry people will gather plenty wait first one month two months you'll be looking for all the people that told you man of God we are with you this ministry will build it together after six months, you will hear things like, you know, I don't know, I came to church and I just felt like my chair, like everyone knows that's my chair. And I just feel kind of like, the way you said it, like you said, sit on another chair, like, like I don't mean anything. Ah, are you serious? That's why you left for one year. Jesus Christ. So Gideon understood this very well. The Lord was the one that shaved his army away and left him. And the Bible says Gideon was there. The way the Bible describes the army of the Ammonites, it said they were like locusts, a swamp of locusts. Have you ever gone against a person or against a system or against a nation or against a principality or against an order that is like a swamp of locusts? Against a sickness that seems so big and so great. Gideon Gideon could not go. And God said something to him. He said, Gideon, Take your servant with you. Sometimes, when God wants to do something great in your life, he will ask you to carry a witness along. Because it's one thing for me to know that God says we should go to Botswana. But it's another thing for my team to believe it. Because if they don't hear the same word and see the same glory cloud, they will not be empowered to do what I'm doing. So God said, take your servant with you. Sometimes carry the people you are building the business with. Everything will not be secret. Because if they cannot enter the convictions that you have, they cannot fight the wars that you are fighting. Carry your wife with you. Tell her. Let her know what is foiling your conviction. And he says, go down to the camp of the... How can God want to encourage you and tell you to go into the place that is about to destroy you? He said, go down there. It says, when you hear what your enemies are saying about you, you'll be empowered. Let me tell you something. Whenever Satan comes to start intimidating you with many words, oh, nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. This is your music. Nobody likes it. Who will do follow this your business? Who told you out of the 10,000 people that are doing the same thing, why, why is it yours that people will use? Why is it you? Let me tell you the reason why he's doing that. He's making so much noise. 
so that he will distract you from the reality of the fear that is crimping his camp. He doesn't want you to see it. So Gideon goes down to the camp of the Ammonites. What does he see? Two men talking about the dream that they had. Isn't it amazing how God will give your enemies dreams about you? About how powerful you are? About how you will destroy them? So while you are looking at the person and thinking, hey, hey, God, hey, this person will finish me. Ah, see, they are a big company. They will win the contract. God has already terrorized them at night. God has already told them, you see that woman there? No triangle. Meanwhile, you, you are here afraid, shaking. It took Gideon hearing his enemy. And the way they even analyzed it, even the same enemy said, ah, surely this is the sword of Gideon. And Gideon is going to destroy us. Isn't it amazing how sometimes your enemies have more conviction concerning the power you have than you have than you do have conviction? Isn't it amazing how sometimes the ones you think you should be afraid of are afraid of you? That's why many times you don't understand your battles. You'll be telling yourself, but this person is greater than me. Why is he fighting me? Me, I'm just here. He has seen your future. He has had a dream concerning who you are. So you are evaluating yourself from your present capabilities. But he has insight concerning your future and power. So sometimes the Lord will strengthen you for warfare by making you hear how the enemy is afraid of what you carry. Many times our strength is taken away by negative words. If you want to remain strengthened, mark your words. Don't join the prevailing words that paralyze. Speak constantly what you... I know we've heard this over and over and over again in Christianity. But God does not upgrade to suit your need. His word is his word. You need to keep speaking the word of God if you will be strong. I said to some people, the reason why Christians of 20 years ago, born again. Do you know when you meet people that are born again from school, you know them? It's different. Though. It's different. I'm not saying they are more whatever, but just understand what I'm saying. The bread when we chop, when we were born again many years ago, the bread is different one kind from this bread. I said to some people, I said, there was a time in Christianity where somebody will say to you, ah, look, if you do this thing, you are going to be put to shame. Say, ah, I shall not be ashamed. For Christ has borne my shame on the cross. Hey! So he was made ashamed so that I would not know shame. Hallelujah. When two Christians see each other and they say, ah, you get away. The way you are behaving now, you will die quickly. I shall not die, but I shall live to declare the word of the Lord. Hey! It's laughing at me because it sounds like all this Christianese, all this, all this Odin days Christian. Listen to me. What you call Odin is where the power of God is. That's why you had great men who shook nations. Revivalists, they did not joke with the word. If you joke with the text, your life will be messed up. Revere the Bible. Honor the word. A generation that does not know scriptures. When you want to preach now, you have 10 scriptures to share, you go to fear. Make I share, make I not share. Because the sermon go boring. There was a time when all we did in the church was Bible. You understand what I'm saying? Scriptures. And you will see how that changed the configuration of believers in those days. 
Learn to talk the word. Speak the word. Release it over your children. When your son is passing, call him ahead, Judah, come. Your feet is drenched in butter. Everywhere you go, you will find favor. Say amen, amen. Hey, pass. Do you understand? Learn to speak the word again and again and again and again. When you wake up in the morning and you are tired, you will say, ah, in him I live, in him I move, in him I have my being. According to the word of the Lord, the weak declare strength and so I am strong. Talk scriptures. Make it your culture. Let us bring it back to the church. People get weakened because they lack purpose. Constantly distracted. Constantly discouraged because they lack purpose. You see, because of today's world of many information, people become wicked when they see what other people are doing. You started your own. And then once you go to Instagram, the thing you started that you talk, this is my the unique niche. Somebody else has taken it, multiplied it by 50, blown it up. In fact, when you hear them talking about it, you know, um, so today I'm going to teach you about strength and boy, get this. There are 10 dimensions of strengthening. And by the time I tell you this, your life will never be the same. Come on, somebody. Next thing you see 50,000 followers. And they say, this is the strengthening coach. And then by the time you listen to what the person is saying, uh, uh, it's not even the introduction of what you are, you know. And then you ask yourself, Kilo uh, discouragement. If you will be a person that works in perpetual strength, you must keep your focus on your purpose. We are not all called to be the same or do the same things. Embrace the uniqueness of your calling. Embrace it. Tie it around your waist like a belt. Wear it on your head as a crown. Don't get distracted because the Bible says unless the eye be single, the whole body cannot be full of light. Do you need singularity of thought? You need to keep your eye single. A house that is divided against itself cannot stand. So you are discouraged because you are divided. Another thing that makes us weak is we don't know how to wait on God. The Bible says, but those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. If you find yourself in a perpetual cycle of weakness and paralysis, your weight is having a problem. W-A-I-T. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? Wait. Tell yourself, I know God is coming. I know God will save me. I know God has got me. I know God has not left me. I know that God has got a say in this matter. I know that God will speak. Wait. It says when a man waits, something happens to his strength. It is renewed. He says something happens to the man. He begins to soar. People don't soar because of the abundance of work. People soar because they know how to wait. The reason why you are not yet flying is because you are not waiting. Watch how you wait on God. Ask yourself concerning every matter in life, am I waiting? I know believers that don't wait. They are the ones that want to blow up my phone. 
Pierre, Pierre, this matter that I told you, Pierre, this one, Pierre, I will say, but what is the Lord saying? Even me, that is a human being, you can't wait for me. Is it God you cannot see you are waiting on? Wait. Wait. People are weakened because they are ridden with shame and guilt. If there's anything in your life that Satan is constantly bringing back to you as a point of shame, he will always use it to weaken you. Submit your mistakes to Jesus. I'm sure some people are sitting here and saying, well, you know, I don't really. Auntie, we all have mistakes. We all always have something that Satan uses to shame us. And it's not like big things that we know. Sometimes it's just the way you failed in a relationship. Or the way you failed at speaking properly in season. Or your inability to be there for someone when they needed you. Some of these things bring up guilt. And any guilt or shame you don't deal with becomes the foundation upon which Satan will attack you. Learn to submit it to God consistently. Learn to submit it to God. As I go, I want to say one thing about... Are we still together? Great, great, great. I want to say one thing about what the source of strength is in the kingdom. There are certain things. The foundational thing you need to know is that all strength comes from Jesus. All strength comes from Jesus. Listen to this. Psalm 18 verse 32. It is the God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. It is God. It is God who arms us with strength and keeps our way secure. It's not your money. It's not your connections. It's not your friends. It's not your intelligence. It is God. Ephesians 6 verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It is his own that keeps you strong. Isaiah 40 verse 29. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. He gives strength to the weary. Philippians 4 verse 13. I can do all things through who strengthens me. We forget that it is Christ that gives us strength. It is Christ. Every time the enemy is coming against your ability to deal with things, turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. Learn to say, Jesus, give me strength. Give me wisdom. Give me understanding. Jesus, I don't know what to do. Satan will make you think God does not really like you. So don't bother coming to him. Just find your way. No, don't find your way outside God. Always go back to him. No matter what it is, no ma- do you know there's nothing I don't say to God? There's no matter. I should say sometimes angels, they close ear when I, they talk to God, like God, I beg. You are this, you're picking. Nothing. From money to relationships to friendships to capacity to sex, there's no conversation I don't have with the Lord because I did not create myself, He created me. So He knows me better than I could ever know myself. So it is his responsibility to manage me. So I go to him boldly because I know that when I go, I receive mercy and grace. 
always take it back to Jesus. Always take it back to Jesus. When you take it back to Jesus, remember the blood. You triumph over any opposition by the blood of the Lamb. Remember the blood. Also, angels strengthen people. I need you to remember this. Because many times we say, guardian angel, we don't know what angels are for. The Bible says, they minister to those that are heirs unto salvation. Understand what I'm saying? In Luke 22 verse 43, it tells us this whole story about how an angel strengthened him after he prayed in Gethsemane. There were two times when the Bible spoke about Jesus being strengthened by angels. Jesus. When he was in Gethsemane and he was going through so much, the Bible says he prayed. After he prayed, an angel came and released strength for the cross. After his temptation in the wilderness, he did it for 40 days and 40 nights, praying, fasting, resisting the devil. After this, an angel came again and ministered to him and strengthened him. Was it Elijah that was running from Jezebel? And what happened? An angel came again and says, Elijah, eat. The journey ahead of you is long. Angels minister. Paul, when he was in the tempest, and the Bible says that while Paul was in the tempest, he said to the men in the boat, he says, last night, the angel of the Lord that walks with me, the way he put it, he said, the one that I walk with, whom I serve. He says, the angel of the Lord came to me and told me, Paul, you will not die. Nobody on this thing will die. Here is what will happen. The angel came and strengthened Paul. Daniel had an encounter. When Daniel felt like he could not get up again, he said, I became weak like a dead man. He says, then the angel came and touched me and strengthened me. I'm telling you that angelic encounters strengthen people. Sometimes ask God for encounters. The days when I have reached my lowest points and I pray and cry to God, those were the days I had encounters and those encounters changed my life forever. Trust God for encounters. Believe in the spirit realm. Believe in the spirit realm. Today, I did not come to preach a powerful sermon that will cause you to stand up, be shaking, running around. Because after you shake and you don't go back with any scripture, what's the use? These scriptures I have spoken to you, take them back into your prayer closet. Pray without season. Philippians 4 verse 6 to 7 it says pray with all manner of prayer pray your understanding and pray in the spirit you cannot be a powerless Christian and be giving pastors more work to do a prayerless Christian I mean a Christian who doesn't pray will not have power it, it's just what it is wake up in the morning your neighbors don't know you are a believer no sound comes out of your house. Pray, pray if you will be strengthened. Another thing is community of saints. Do not despise the gathering of the saints. If you despise community, you will fail in your Christian walk. Me, like this, I'm a mobile church. I preach sometimes four times, five times a week. I'm teaching in several online meetings, physical meetings, meetings outside the country, meetings inside the country, I have thousands of sermon notes. 
But I carry myself, my handbag and my shoe. Any Sunday I'm around and I come where I sit down on this chair. There is something about the congregation of the saints. It nourishes. The Bible spoke about those who have despised this gathering. It says in Hebrews 10 verse 24, it says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exalting one another and so much the more as we see the day approaching. He says, when you know that the end is coming is when you should attend your service the more. When you know that the days are evil is when you should gather the most. When you should attend all kinds of meetings. He says, as you see the day approaching, join church the more. Don't forsake the gathering. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 to 10, for two is better than one. No matter how high I go, I always have somebody I can confess my sins to. Always. No matter what I do, there is nothing I can do in this life that I will not have somebody I can tell and say, ah, I've messed up. Why? It says because when you confess your sins one to another, you are healed. And the other person prays for you and restores you to God. Two is better than one. Don't forsake the gathering of the saints. Community carries the seed of witness and, and it bears witness to what God has told you. When the angel told Mary you will give birth to a child, what did he say to Mary? He says, Elizabeth is also pregnant. Go and stay with Elizabeth. So when she met Elizabeth, what happened? As soon as she spoke, the baby in Elizabeth left. Both of them began to prophesy. The reason why you are weak and you are not going on without God giving vision is because you have no witness. Nobody to bear witness with you. But what God does is that he does not leave us lonely. He will cause an Elizabeth to be pregnant ahead of the Jesus you carry. So that when your Jesus is in your womb and nobody in your family believes, there is an Elizabeth company that will say, me, I know what is happening because I've been there and I'm there. Community gives you a witness that strengthens you for what is ahead. Put on the whole armor of God. Go back to Ephesians 6 and read it. Helmet of salvation. Constantly remember you are saved and the conditions of your salvation. Put on the shoe. May we be Christians in Jesus' name. I beg you. I beg you. Go back to the word. Go back to the word. According to that song, don't let Satan make a mess of you. <clears throat> Go back to the word. The word you don't know is the loophole through which Satan will attack you. Go back to scriptures. Go back to studying. Go back to believing the Bible. Stop being a sophisticated believer. Stop being an iPhone Christian. Carry your Bible. Put it on your table. Open it. If you go online, use it for to understand or use your new, um, blue letter Bible to go to the root word and the meaning of the Hebrew word that was used. 
But don't use only somebody's morning devotion as your devotion. Devote yourself to the word. Look, I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say. I have touched heights of power. I have met people. I have gone to nations. I have seen honor in a way that I tell people, please stop it. Stop, 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 stop. You know, I've seen all kinds of things. But you see, when I stand before the word, my spirit is kneeling down. Because I am nothing outside of the ordination of the word of the Lord. The word is my light. The word is my lamp. The word is my strength. The word is my power. I am never too big to submit to scriptures. If you ever correct me and I don't hear you, take me back to the word. The word is the plumb line of my soul. Anything I observe in scriptures, I can be. We have become too modern for the Bible. We have become too, you know, I don't even know the word to use. Humble yourself. You know that your lineage needs Jesus. You know that your family needs God. You know that your sons need the blood. Why are you behaving as though you don't understand what the consecrated things of the Bible are all about? Be beautiful. Be fly. Have money. Go on vacations. Enjoy life. But be grounded. Be solid. Be a solid man. Don't use your words to ask for respect. Be solid from your core. Let your capacity for forgiveness, your capacity to build and to sustain, let it be what speaks about your strength. Be solid. Be solid. When you wake up in the morning, carry your phone, fling it. Throw it away. Let it not distract you. Open your mouth and sing songs like, Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Lord. Some of us are already laughing. Who did this song right? But listen, I know you come from heaven above. The Holy Spirit. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Lord. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Sing the songs. What shall I say? Unto the Lord, all I have to say is thank you, Lord. Sing these songs to Jesus when you wake up. Make a practice of devotion again. Devotion. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made, I will 
that made the day. Yeah. It's not Tinubu that made the day. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. What's that other song? Early, early in the morning. Early in the morning. Early in the morning. In the morning. I will rise and praise the Lord. Imagine in the morning imagine singing this to yourself Early as you are waking up it reminds you what you should be doing in the morning I will rise and praise the Lord and some people wonder why their mother had more endurance than them why their fathers were able to train how they train 10 children through school this was it the simple things of the gospel we have now begun to despise. Chasing after the ninth heavens and the seven cherubims that live in the seven stars. What it concern you? What's my own with the cherubims? Do you understand? You've read the book of Japheth, book of Enoch. You don't read Habakkuk. You don't read Ephesians. What is your business with Japheth? No. Do you understand what I'm saying? I said to some people, I said, Christians are going crazy these days. I've seen a lot of, this generation has the highest number of believers that are having mental problems. Why? Stay in the word. Stay in the word. Resist the temptation to be powerful. Let your power be in Christ. The knowledge of Christ as stated within the confines of scripture. Listen to me. I'm an encounter baby. I have seen Christ several times. I've gone to heaven. I've gone to hell. And after I go here, I tell God, say, I beg, I beg, I beg. I beg. I say, God, beg you. No need. It's all right like that. You understand? So when I say things like, don't go to hell, I know what I'm saying. I know what I'm saying. When I come and beg you, it not be you I fear. Now eternity. Because I don't see where prideful people go to. People who apology is far from their lips. You don't know who your mate is again. You don't know who your senior is. I looked at somebody one day, I said, do you know I'm not your mate? I said, whether it's in age, I'm not your mate. I said, whether it's in the experience of life, I'm not your mate. I said, now let's enter the cocoa. I said, God, I'm not your mate. I said, do you know how long I've given my life in service? Then you will disrespect and dishonor me. And then your response to me is to say, P.I., P.I. Open your mouth and say, I'm sorry. I know what I did was wrong. I should never have done that. Because that's exactly what I will do if you tell me that I have wronged you. 
It doesn't matter who you are. I beg my nanny, I beg my driver, I beg my house, I beg my children, I beg my husband. Anybody. Because I've seen hell. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying these dimensions are not existing. But please, you don't provoke them yourself. You provoke them in your consecration to the master. Anywhere Jesus is, encounters happen. So be a carrier of Christ. You will not fight for encounters. Encounters will encounter you. Just follow Jesus. If not, you will go from moving in the divine life into divination. Many Christians have crossed over into divination because divination is a shortcut to the divine. You don't want to pay the price of study, consecration, staying with the word, staying in God, giving yourself to scripture, but you want to enter the deep. You like the deep, but you don't like the process of giving yourself to God. That's how people enter divination. Be careful. Don't let Satan sell your soul and you'll be thinking you're still a believer. Be careful. Stay in the word. And as you do this, I know that God who gave us the gospel will keep you. He will continue to strengthen you. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.